Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Audit Podcast. Today, we have two guests on the show. We have Derry Herring, who is the Chief Audit Officer at Protective Life. Before that, he was an Audit Director at Regions Bank. He's also held various positions in his local IIA chapter, including President, Board of Governors, Chairman of Academic Relations, and Chairman of government relations. Joining Derry is his lead audit analyst, Alicia Arnold. She's an instructor in addition to her full-time job at Protective. She's an instructor at the University of Alabama in Birmingham, where she teaches classes in accounting information systems and data visualization for business. She also recently co-authored a textbook, Accounting Information Systems, Connecting Careers, Systems, and Analytics. She serves on the board of directors of uh, her local Isaka chapter as the immediate past president. She was also the recipient of the Outstanding Chapter Leadership Award from her IIA local chapter, a recipient of the UAB Rising Star Award, and is a 2022 Birmingham Business Journal Next Gen in Accounting Honoree. Apparently, Alicia hates sleep. Anyway, we wanted to have both of them on. We've done a similar show in the past um, where we had the CAE and their their analytics lead and so we wanted to do another show similar to that just to get the perspective of like what's the CAE's perspective what's the analyst's perspective and so some of the things that we hit on is hey Derry what does the CAE want from their analytics program some of the common challenges you face as a CAE in supporting the analytics program and then we asked both Derry and Alicia how do you know your analytics program has arrived I think that's pretty important. And then we asked Alicia what she's measured on or what her KPIs for the analytics program that she runs are. And then we come back to them both and ask, you know, basically what's on your wish list? You as the CAE, if you could have anything relative to analytics, what would you want? And then to look at the analytics perspective or the analysts perspective. Hey, Alicia, same question. What's on your analytics wish list as the person that's actually doing the analysis? Here we go. All right, Daring, what does the CAE want from their analytics program? Uh, so I, I attended the uh, IIA scam conference last week, and, and we're very focused on that analytics in our group as we're continuing to grow it with Alicia and, and now her team. Um, and there were several sessions, breakout sessions on data analytics, and they were kind of labeled data analytics. And what I learned is data analytics means a lot of different things to different people or different companies, depending on what their needs are. So you have anywhere from your traditional data analytics where I began 30 years ago with Excel spreadsheet, pull a bunch of data into Excel, do some sort and filter and see if you can get anything out of it all the way up to where we're at today where people are building. It's more about doing coding and some type of application that's then going to pull in a bunch of data, run it through all the coding, do all that for you. And if it throws nothing out, you're good. There's nothing to do, but if it throws stuff out and you got something to go follow up on. So a lot of that time spent, you know, sorting, build trade, doing pivot tables, digging into it. A lot of that's done for you now through coding and, and automation and building algorithms and all that. So I say that to say 
data analytics, I did go look at the definition trend. It's, you know, the, the raw definition is converts raw data into actionable insights. Yeah. And so that never changed. That's what we tried to do 30 years ago. That's still what we're trying to do today. So from an, a CIE's perspective, what I'm looking for out of our data analytics team is to do that in the most efficient way possible. So there's so much data out there in every company that how do you break that in and efficiently go through and get it to tell you a story or get it to throw out, you know, what the emerging risks are so that we could then send our audit team, the assurance providers and to do test work to try to prevent things that are going to happen that's coming up. Um, or how do we quickly detect issues that we may have? How do, how do we, how do we build our team, give them the tools, the resources and the training and expertise one to deliver an analytical program that can be as automated as possible. So once the coding's done and all that, can we turn it loose and only check on it periodically to make sure that nothing's changed, still working, there's good integrity there. So how do we get as automated as possible? Um, the, the, the second part is again, identifying the emerging risk or identifying a problem before it pops its head up. So how do, how do we do that in a very automated fashion going forward? Um, and then what are the right tools? So as a CIE, I want to be on the cutting edge. I don't want to, I don't want to get one tool, be stuck with that tool for a year or two and not change because we're very comfortable with it. Everything's flowing through it. But now there's been two or three new tools that come out that actually do it quicker, better, faster you know, more intelligence is built into it, whatever it may be. So uh, we need flexibility at the program and we don't have anybody get real comfortable. And, and, and that's where we've been, you know, we've been doing, uh, telling stories with our data using Tableau, which is a very strong tool, but I don't know with Power BDI and other tools that are out there that Alicia and her team were looking into, um, they they probably can do a better or centralized job of yeah. doing that in larger amounts of data. So how, how do we stay on the forefront of, of the tools that are out there? And I can appreciate the want of having the latest and greatest tools because I mean, it's, it's, it goes back to the kind of bow and arrow analogy that people make. Like you don't need a gun, you can use a bow and arrow, but they both do the same job. One does it significantly better than right. the other. Right. Um, but as someone in data, I want the latest and greatest myself. And so knowing that, uh, that you uh, support that as well as the ultimate decision maker, it would make me want to go, all right, well, if I got, if it's between dairy and someone else, I'm going to go with dairy because I want the latest and greatest also. Um, and so I think that's what a lot of technologists and data analysts, data analytics want from their, um, leadership. I, I think the other thing that does for you, Trent, is if you have the support of your executive management or your board of directors to give you the resources, the money, whatever it is to hire the right people, get the right tools. It tends to make it a little easier to, uh, from, uh, uh, what do you call it? Recruit talent. Yeah. Because if, if you're recruiting talent, they're asking what tools you're using and your own tools that are three or four years old, they're probably not going to be very excited about any kind of offer. Yep. Yep. Exactly. But if you tell them, you know, we have the old tools and we got the new tools and we're trying to convert all that, they may see that as kind of sexy and exciting and, and want to get into that. Exactly. So, well, what are some of the common challenges you face? as a CAE relative to the analytics program that you guys have? Yeah. So we, we really started and the an analytics program is only as good as the resources and the time that you allow to be spent throughout my 30 years. The hard part we had is we would start an data analytics program and then we'd have a problem pop up in the company and we take those resources and we'd go throw it at that problem. 
And then three months later, we come back and say, oh, yeah, that's right. We're doing data analytics. So the support of executive management and the board, uh, you've got to you got to show them you're getting value out of this analytical program. If you're if you're still showing them today what we were doing 30 years ago, that we're pulling down in Excel and I want somebody to sit at Excel or ACL all day, just, you know, trying to look for things and in, in the data and, and come up. That, that's very inefficient. They're not going to see a lot of value in that. You'll be lucky to find one or two nuggets to report, you know, in, within a year. But if you go through and you spend the time, you leave the individual, which is what we did with Elitia two and a half years ago, we basically, we could have used her on a lot of audit work, but we just left her alone. We said, no, that's not a, that's not a resource, but I could use it. And trust me, that that is the CAH job because, you know, her boss was coming saying, hey, we really need her to work on this. We really need her to work on that. So, so the challenges, it, it's the, uh, it's getting the budget, uh, it's getting the budget for, and showing the value. The more you show the value, the, the better management's going to support you. They're hiring another resource or spending money on the latest and greatest tools in order to get more value out of what you've already shown them. So budget's a big one. And then, you know, probably obvious to most people, uh, finding people like Alicia or finding people that's excited to get into the data, to do the coding, uh, being part of internal audit. Yeah, doing something very different than, you know, pre-audit, field work, wrap up, issue a report. The analytics side is very different. Uh, there's, so there's a lot of coding taking place there, a lot more technical skills that are needed. And that's in high demand right now. Just not data analytics, but technology yeah. resources in general are very hard to, to recruit. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, two things. One is almost a cheat code. Uh, you didn't phrase it like that, but you talked about storytelling with data and how you kind of how you guys have been doing that and then you also talked about showing the value to the board and so one way to do that as a cheat code like i mentioned is through storytelling so even yep. if you don't have some great wonderful program or analytic you can make it still look really good and as long as you're telling that story and telling it in a way that uh, they see the value that was added from it you can uh like i said it's, it's a bit of a cheat code to be able to do that and i've seen some of the visual visualizations that you have put out. And um, if if ever there was a cheat code, it was Alicia with her uh, storytelling ability with data. That was the home run. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell a little detail on that because it sounds like you've seen it, but it was probably a year and a half, two years ago when we were first kicking this off that we were able to pull and we'd be an Alicia because we, we didn't have a, a, a team behind that yet. But uh, going back to Tableau, you know, she pulled for a operational area she was able to pull in budget data, human resource data, uh, operational data, whether it's phone calls or, or policy counts or whatever. She was able to pull all that in for one of the audits that we performed. And throughout the audit, as she built that out, put it in Tableau to where you could do some drill down, we identified four or five of the issues that we reported to management between, you know, one of the obvious ones on the HR data was we had a lot of retirements coming up. We yeah. had a lot of, you know, the area looked great. They had 25, average of 25 years experience, which is fantastic, except that 25 years, I think a very large percent of those were retired within the next three or four years. And so we asked the question, what's your plan around that? And that was an odd moment for management. Yeah. They kind of knew they had retirements. They didn't realize they had that quite that many people retiring. So that was a big odd moment. That is the second story of almost a, the same use case that I've heard where the board saw that and went, oh, okay, analytics and audit. This makes a ton of sense. Uh, yes. We need to support this more. Uh, the other one was uh, I saw where it's actually on the board. So a bunch of board members were up for renewal, like over half uh, within the same year. And they went, 
all right, we kind of need to like stay on. Just what we need. Yeah. We got to transition. I mean, it was literally over half the board. They were on their the end of their three year terms were coming up. Yeah. So, um, that was pretty interesting to see. Well, and when you're in a market, when you're in a market like we're in today, you don't want that big percent of your board rolling off at the same time. Yeah. You need that governance. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yep. Um, Black Dairy, it's great to hear from you. We're gonna we're gonna keep you on the show. Um, I'll throw it to, uh, in my opinion, the star of the show. I'm a little yeah. biased in that I'm an analyst also, uh, and I've known Alicia for I don't know two or three years now, and uh, we've done some work on conferences and other things together. So, Alicia, I'm gonna throw it to you. Being in this role now, and you came from audit, and you started analytics, and you've really grown the program there. How did you know that your analytics program had arrived? Uh, first, that it exists. Um, <laughs> that's the first green flag. Um, well, just like Barry mentioned before, it was really a great journey um, of us learning what worked for us. Um, so at the very beginning, I was actually allocated a percentage of my time towards data analytics. And so we try to do that, you know, 20%, 25% um, data analytics and then IT audit because that's, that's uh, the beginning of my career was yeah. with IT audit. And then we realized that you get pulled, like they are mentioned, back into the IT audit world because that is, you have to get those audits done. That's only your schedule. You have to accomplish it. Um, so in order for us to have that data analytics, I was, I was able to receive that freedom of creation from scratch. And that's where it was very hands-off. No, no one was asking for my help for, for a while as we were trying to figure out where does data analytics fit, um, the strategy behind it, what are our goals, even values. I mean, we even have a, a multi-pager of just the mission statement values and what what are we trying to achieve with data analytics? And then we started opening up to auditors requesting things from us and uh, trying to start integrating data analytics with an internal audit. And of course, how what, how do I know the program has arrived? Now we have two people nice. doing this full time. Um, so I was doing this full time for about two and a half years, like Barry mentioned. And then last year we were able to hire another resource that is purely dedicated to data analytics. So that that's a huge win um, of the program itself. And then of course, the increasing efficiency. So being able to turn repetitive tasks with automation, for example, um, at Protective, we can kind of celebrate um, and pat ourselves on the back for not having to do change management manually ever again, hopefully knock on wood nice. that's something that was a huge win it happens every year multiple times a year right it's it's the bread and butter of audit at, well it audit at least i uh, the uh, change management and that was able to take and and our team was able to take those um repetitive tests that follow very much structural rules and automate them um and that was a huge success so that kind of also turns into some time savings and um, that that we're able to accomplish. One other thing, or I guess two other things, is increasing coverage within audit. Um, being able to be called upon by 
the audit team uh, asking for your expertise in different questions, especially around data analytics. So, hey, I have this problem. Um, what what can we do with data analytics in our audit? Okay. So we have a a ticket called within our GRC platform, uh, a ticketing system, and they submit a consulting ticket. So they consult with us. They say, here's our audit. Here's the scope of the audit. Here's the data sources that we're going to be using. What can we do with data analytics to make this audit much smoother? So having our auditors trust in our work and come back to us and ask us for for work and hiring us right as uh, into their audit that's a huge win and lastly and i think this is the biggest win of them all is becoming a trusted advisor to the business yes. um we have had so many calls from kind of outside of internal audit within the business wanting to have a demo of what we're doing they're interested because they've heard it down the pipeline that we're doing this we're doing that we're visualizing storytelling automating so we have um a meeting on our calendar um oh right, right now it seems like on a weekly basis of just giving someone a piece of um a, a little taste of what data analytics with an internal audit does because that might inspire them to do something similar or we're also being, they're also consulting really with us. And we were able to collaborate with the business and do some of the work that they wanted to, to do themselves, but really bringing that data set to the table and say, here's the business question I want to answer. Could you help us answer it and build something? And then we'll take it from there. Yeah. Um, so having that and having people come to audit, it's usually audit comes to you. Um, but in this case, having others come to audit, that's a, that's a huge win in my book. Yeah, I think that's a good segue to the next topic. So a KPI that I like for not only auditors, but specifically within the data analytics folks that I work with is let's count the number of times that management comes to us with a request, and especially if we can, if we can measure how many times we go to them or they come to us and go, look at, look, like we're doing a good job. They're coming to us uh, as a way to measure that. Um, and so I'm curious how, how, what are what metrics are you using to measure the success of the program? And if you want to talk about KPIs or specific KPIs, um, that's fine. But how are, what are you metric on in your analytics program? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Honestly, it was a game changer for everything that kind of Derry described about getting resources, um, for the data analytics program proving your value as a data analytics program um, what we have created um, within our GRC platform so first I guess we do um, timesheets so as auditors we still submit timesheets and we still track our time and that helps us uh, proof obviously what we're working on our chargeability and things like that but what we have done is taken the data analytics team just a step further and we have an our own ticketing system within our GRC tool where an internal auditor can fill out a sub, kind of a submission form of what do they need us to work on what audit they need us to work on it has due dates so it makes it not only easy from the organizational side of how am I going to organize all of the work 
and divvy it up between the two of us on the team. But also having that prioritization, sometimes you might say, I have so many things to do, I have no idea where to start. Um, here is a great listing that it already creates, and then it helps us do those metrics around it. So for example, time to completion. We're looking at the different types of work that we're doing, whether it's uh, scripting, whether it's storytelling, infographics, any of the um, any of the different categories that we have, and looking at how long does it take us to do or fulfill a certain ticket? Um, how many audits have we aided with? So really looking at the integration of analytics within audits. If you told me, hey, can you pull me a listing of every audit that you were a part of in the past 30 days, one year, two years, whatever, I'm able to do that within a couple of clicks and provide you a listing of every, every audit we were able to be a part of and how much time we have charged to that audit. Because of course we charge a little more if it's a bigger build out versus little less if it's a much smaller lift. Um, we're also tracking what type of work we're being asked to do. Is it automation? Is it storytelling? Um, like I said, any of those categories, we're tracking data sources that we utilize because that's so important of having that life connection is just having that freedom of being able to tap into the life connection, having that build out. Um, if we have something that's already built out as an automation, for example, and we do have that live connection, it makes rerunning that automation far more efficient. Um, so we also track what data sources we use and we have that connection to and which data sources we still have to work with um, with the business. And then um, we within those tickets, we also store our scripts. Um, so anytime that we have a similar ticket, we can kind of look back in the archives and not have to reinvent the wheel. We can take scripts and copy and paste, kind of Frankenstein it together. But at the end of the day, it, there, there's certain, certain parts of the script that can be very much recycled. Um, and then of course, just uh, overall time savings. We also track very much, um, I've mentioned automation of some of our SOX testing or financial controls testing, um, whichever term, ter term your shop uses, but looking at how long has it taken you to automate or how, how long has it taken you to test a control manually from beginning to end versus how long does it take you to now test that control if you have automation in place? whether it's 25% of that control is automated, 50, 75, 100. We track that as well. So we can say this control is automated at 50%. Um, so maybe the testing is very much automated, but the auditor still needs to obviously go in and make a judgment call um, on, on certain tests. However, we can pinpoint and actually have numbers behind. It's taken me eight hours and now it's taken me two hours after the work that we have put into it. Yeah, Alicia, you mentioned time savings, and this is something I wanted to bring back to Derry, in that there's a a lot of CAEs that I talk to, and I go, okay, what's, like, what's the approach, what's the strategy with analytics? And they go, well, we have this IT auditor, or we just hired this IT auditor, and they're gonna do 
50% data and 50% IT audit and is nicely and um, more maybe not necessarily politically correct, but um, I tell them that's not going to work in the long run. Um, and Derry, you hit on that also. So from a, a CAE who experienced that, could you explain or or maybe preach what it looked like when it was Alicia doing whatever X percent of audit versus X percent of analytics and how Alicia going full time, how that really grew the program out. And if you could, please let all the CAEs know that doing it the 50-50 way or whatever is not a very good way to do it. But with that, I'll throw it to you. Yeah, it it, it really is. When you look at data analytics, uh, it's really not an IT auditor that that is going to transition. It, it can be, obviously. It, it worked for us. But an IT auditor, you know, if you have an IT auditor for two or three years, you're teaching on again, you're teaching on pre-audit, build work, wrap up, reporting. You're trying to get them out of the technical processes within the company. Data analytics is a different mindset. It's we got all this data out here. We got these tools out here. We need to learn how to use the tools in order to pull the data in. And it's not an IT audit mentality, really. I, I think it gets defaulted to IT. Right, because it uses technology. I, I think that's the old-fashioned way. Is it involves technology? Let's use the IT auditors. Um, so the the transition, uh, probably the way we eased into it, is is the way we had to in order to put together kind of your your point of how do we show value to management? You know, it, it's hard to go to management and say, hey, I want to pay you know a, a big a big dollar amount to bring in a data analytic person that's going to do this. And if your board has never seen that, going back 10, 15 years ago, your board's never seen that. They don't really know what you're talking about. They don't see how there's going to be value in that. It's a hard story to tell without showing them something. Then you got to figure out, okay, what resources do we have that we can use that for? So I think that's why IT really gets pulled into it. Uh, but once you show that value and you have somebody that can make that transition, with our case, Alicia came in, and Alicia, you'd have to correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I think within a year, we decided to make 10, 15%, 20% of her time be data analytics. So while she did do some IT audit work, we really transitioned her to that data analytics, data analytics role pretty quick. So I would say that while she did come in as an IT auditor, we ne never really had her as an IT auditor for all year. Yeah. And so we, we really split that out fairly quickly. Uh, and, and a lot of that had to do with what Alicia was able to do with the program, the tools we got her, you know, she was just that, that she was very interested in it. That, that really motivated her. She really took the ball and ran with it. And that helped us show value to our board and to our CFO at the time, or our CEO at the time to want to invest more into that and give us some flexibility. Yeah. And it's, it's not that like, if you have the resources, great. And you can just go get an analyst and hire them. That's the best route in my opinion for what i've seen but a lot of internal audit departments are resource strapped and so launching a program with a pilot of sorts um that's how we've helped a lot of other organizations get theirs going to to prove again like you said the value to the board and then they go oh, okay um and this you know costs x amount dollars time however you want to phrase it now imagine if we invested in a full-time analyst what we can do with this so um, I like that point as well as it doesn't have to be, and maybe even saying it shouldn't be, uh, the IT auditor that does that transition if you want to grow it in-house. Yep. 
some of the best I've worked with were former CPAs, mainly yep. because they understand the business more so than the IT audit side does. And understanding yep. the business is absolutely critical uh, to, yep. to asking those questions. Like Alicia pointed to earlier, if you know the business question to ask, after that, it's just a tech thing. You know, uh, that that's a, a huge point. So I'm glad you hit on that. All right. And, and, and back, to, back to, I'll, I'll go elaborate something that dad had Alicia on the back. When you talk about like, how do you know your data analytics program has arrived or, or you got there? I, I, I've learned with this recent hire that we just did a year ago um, to make the uh, to give Alicia a, a team now where she's not solo. Uh, I think it's a stepping process. I don't know that you ever arrived. I go back to what I said earlier that 30 years ago it was Excel, and now I, I don't know what arrive means, but I think it's going to continue to grow, add value. And what I see is a transition because another big value to a CAE is automating those manual substantive testing. And you're not just pulling samples, you're testing 100% of the population. And so as a, I think as we grow the data analytics, we'll be able to do more coverage, provide more value with less resources. And I, I think that's just one piece of that data analytics program. Alicia did on four or five different areas, but that's one piece where we show a lot of value where you know, that's another avenue to arrive. The The main point I wanted to make is a little bit on our story is Alicia showed value by that we were able to take her to 100% uh, because we showed that value. Going and hiring another person was another big request of the board and of management to be able to go out. And now we're, this is our first time we've hired somebody that 100% of their time coming in is going to be on that analytics. And th this was not planned, but it worked out this way. Shortly after we added that second resource, the team of our data analytics team got together and they're looking for, hey, where do we want to apply these resources? What do we want to do? I don't remember who came up with the idea, but we started building, our Alicia and, and her team started building uh, kind of a predictive modeling around ourselves. And as that developed and they refined it, they started doing stuff that's way above my head on it. They've recently presented that to management and overwhelmed may be understated, but it was very, uh, it was a huge win. It was another huge win shortly after adding that second resource that I think is then gonna propel us to just keep this program going and growing and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So really showcasing those wins as you increase the, the cost it is, a, is a, big, uh, a big win for the overall program. Excellent point. Alicia, you had something also? Yes, and just, to, to to that actually um my my team so the team of two so our our new hire i do have to give her a huge shout out because she doesn't when she came in she didn't have tech or data background like heavy right she did not go through an information systems uh, um i guess major or anything like that she came with financial and econ knowledge right she was able to pick up data analytics and not only thrive, but succeed because of kind of that curiosity and being able to tinker around with data analytics. So it doesn't, just like to Darius' point, it doesn't have to be an IT auditor or someone who has a heavy IT background. It just has to be a really, really curious person who is willing to go out there, take the data, um, look at it from different perspectives in a creative way. And that's what it, she has been able to accomplish in, in literally one year, because this month is what one year and 
she had she had the ability to have airtime with senior management, C-suite members, because of just being able to look at the data in that kind of that lens, that unique lens. And so that's that's definitely what what one one aspect of it. But um, when Derry was talking about me and transitioning from IT audit to, to data analytics, um, it's a it's a cool parallel because one of your other guests on this podcast um, that you've interviewed, the the queen of visualization, yeah. uh, she has mentioned that when she was given Tableau, um, that's when that's when everything started for yeah. her, and so that's exactly what happened. Is Right as I started, within a couple of months, maybe four or five months, I was given a Tableau license. And from there, I was trying to fit everything into Tableau, right? Even if it's just like four rows, three columns. Yeah. Uh, which is obviously data that you don't fit into Tableau. Um, but I I just wanted everything to to see everything through Tableau. I'm like, I'm here to drill down on, on the data, find new insights. And that's when um, my manager re- decided so shout out to him because he gave me the tool and he realized that that is where my love lies and it's not necessarily going that diving deep into it audit and networks and and cloud and everything else around it audit that doesn't that doesn't i guess excite me as much as like visualization yeah. storytelling let's make new knowledge yeah. and that's where we started all right how can we transition me into this role potentially in the future which now we're we're living in that future i guess yeah yeah visualizations are a really good place to start for folks uh mostly i feel like because you see the result right there and it's not just another boring spreadsheet for the most part so i'm a big fan of those uh for those that are curious kate strachnia is the guest, the, the queen of data visualizations uh, that we had on the show, I don't know, 20 or so episodes ago. So go back 20 episodes. I, I don't recall the number off the top of my head. And then last thing, and I'll throw it to Derry uh, and bring it back to Alicia, the new hire, where did she graduate from? The University of Alabama. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Now I'll throw it to, I'll throw it to the, uh, the Auburn grad then. Uh, Derry, as a CAE, What's on your analytics wish list? Uh, you know, I'm going to back up just for a second. And, and this, this isn't necessarily on a wish list, but it does, it did make me as a CAE uh, feel like we're definitely moving in the right direction and we're doing all the right stuff and we're showing value. Um, shortly after this last project we told you about where the presentations went out, um, I got two phone calls, if not three, um, asking if uh, I felt like it was a good idea that this person could do and add even more value for the company if they went and worked in their area. And so when you have other people in your company trying to recruit your data analytics talent, you know you're you're doing something right there. So yeah. So on my wish list is I hope my, my two data analytics people do not go somewhere else in the company <laughs> and they stick with me a little bit longer because <laughs> there's so much more to be yeah. done. But uh yeah, my, my wish list is really we, we are able to continue to replicate really what we've done the last two years here. Uh, definitely in the last year, they continue to grow it uh, and continue to save money, uh, you know, for the overall company by getting more automated in our audit work. Um, 
you don't you, you hear this term anymore, and, and maybe I'm showing my age here, but you know, a, a big part, and, and I just remembered it, it's really the CAT, the CAAT, the Computer Assisted Audit Techniques, is, is where I'm really excited about the future because I, I really want to try to try to automate as much of our testing as we possibly can so that we can get 100% of the population tested, not just 25 or 50 a sample. Um, but but then the other side of that is once we build those out and we run them a couple of times and we get comfortable with them, there's no reason we can't provide that to the first and second line for them to start using that tool. And then our audit process now is to come in to see that they're still using the tool, the tool is still working, uh, they're clearing the items or addressing the items that it's pointed out, giving them insights into so try, trying to add value through developing automated tools that we can then hand off to the first and second line for them to use, um, I, I, that's definitely on my wish list in the short term. And you talked about uh, the analysts being poached by other parts of the organization. That is uh, very real. To me, I never understood why you would want to leave, cause, not just because I'm like an audit nerd, but in audit, you could you have access to everything. Yep. Like if you're in one department, you get to do just their department thing. And maybe if you want to take a deeper dive into one area, I guess I could understand that, but um, the other thing with that was, so for those that are interested, I guess this is the reference old episodes episode, uh, Clay Montgomery, who's the senior manager of data analytics for internal audit at International Paper, uh, and this was a, maybe two years ago we talked to him, we uh-huh. talked specifically about that because he's got a, a nice size group and people would poach members from his team, and so we asked him how to deal with that, transition plans and all that stuff, so for those that are listening, they're interested, you could look back at that episode. Um, Alicia, and Trent, I could I'll, yeah. I'll comment on that real quick. So, you know, I, I kind of skipped one person in here. Uh, while Alexia founded the program, we did have another IT auditor about two years ago, maybe two and a half, maybe. Alexia, you'd have to correct me, maybe about two years ago. We have another IT auditor that we started transitioning. And so he started spending 20, 30, up to 50% of his time working with Alexia um, and building out. You know the analytics program as we go through, and we did uh, we did lose that individual uh, to our corporate compliance team, but we actually saw that as a very positive thing for the program because one, it showed that we're adding value because now our line, our second line compliance team wanted to try to create for just compliance what we were doing for different areas throughout the company. But back to what Alicia said, so we did lose one person out there, which I I think was value added for the company. We were able to shortly after that bring another one in that we made full time, not just fifty percent. But uh, to the point, Alexia made this group, including this individual plus other data scientists or data analytic people in the organization, get together very often. Uh, I think Alexia mentioned sometimes it's weekly, but definitely I think monthly or quarterly they have these meetings where they get together, they share what they're doing, so that we're not duplicating work as well. So, so with that, uh, so. When I knew we were doing the show, that was one of the first questions that popped in my head because I'm always interested in CAE perspective, analyst perspective, CAE, analyst, or maybe even do like this. Um, but with that, Alicia, what's on your analytics wish list? Um, so my analytics wish list. Um, let's see. Keep how, it short. How, how, keep it short. How long, yeah, yeah. How long does he have? It's like a 30-ish just... minute show, so keep it short. <laughs> just, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, obviously, what what what's the dream of any analyst is to have live data connection to everything beautifully cleaned up because 80% of your work is cleaning up data and hooking it up and and uh, wrangling the data before you can 
do the pretty thing, right? Do the visualizations, do the storytelling. So of course that, that would be an amazing wish list to have, to have data all in one place. Um, of course, kind of dabbling into predictive analytics, we're trying that out, like they mentioned with some of our projects ongoing. Um, so predictive analytics, dabbling into natural language processing, machine learning, those would be some kind of good milestones for us for, for the future. Um, and also we, we were chatting with Derry um, yesterday about just the new shiny tools, right? So having, having the tools and having strong tools, right? But having them in the proper environment and uh, there you have to give him the, the credit for, for the analogy, but it's, it's kind of like driving a, a race car um, on the streets of just a city where you have pedestrians, you have stop signs, you have red lights. Um, so yes, you might have the most powerful tool, but the environment itself might not be for that tool. So the wish list would be to have tools that are, that, that are harmonious, right? With, with, with the rest of the environment. Um, but it's of course difficult because we're, we're a small group that's doing this one, one part of the organization while IT has to uphold literally the entire business structure. So it can't just upgrade because internal audit wants to just, well, let's, let's upgrade all the systems. Yeah. Um, because it's obviously costly and, and burdensome on, on the IT group. Yeah, that, that analogy, that's nice. I'm going to use that too. I'm definitely going to steal that. All right. Well, as we wrap up the show, uh, Derry, I'll throw it to you first. Again, we'll ask the same question to both of you. But Derry, if there's one thing that you wanted to leave the audience with, what would that be? Yeah. And, and Alicia has heard me say this time and time again, is even though we have a data analytics team of two right now, and it'll most likely grow in the future, uh, it doesn't matter where you're at internal audit. I, I highly and strongly encourage and put on their goal list everybody should be trying to get into data analytics. All of our audit team, when Alicia mentioned, when we do an audit, kick an audit off, you know, they can go out there and request input from Alicia and her team on, here's the area we're auditing, here's the data, you know, is there some way you can help us? You know, Alicia and her team also having their back of the right, well, we don't have to help you. Here's some things you can do with the ACL tool that you have or what the license to, you know, whatever the other tool may be that you can do in Excel or whatever it may be. So. I, I don't I don't want people to think only the data analytics team is doing this type of work. It's our whole audit function and we're we're strongly encouraging to put on their goal sheet that we want everybody doing analytics. So yep. I love making analytics a goal to some degree for everybody in the audit department. So I'm glad you said that. All right, Alicia, close us out. What's the last thing you want to leave the audience with? Um embrace data analytics, color outside of the lines, uh, start joining data sets that might not make sense because guess what? You might be the first one doing it. You might be creating the new knowledge that you are discovering, uncovering, however you want to call it. Um, and also really keeping in mind that you might be the Lewis and Clark of your audit group, but you remember you, you needed a Sacagawea. So you have to have collaboration with your data owners or auditors they're the SMEs. They know what the data is. They know which tables you're supposed to be using. They know which columns you're supposed to be using. Um, and they have the key behind it, right? So I, I can go on an exploration all day long 
but the navigator is going to be the business or the auditor. So it really is a team effort. It is a collaboration. So at the end of the day, um, we're, we're definitely making discoveries, but with the help of our Sacagawea. Hey everyone, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere, so please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review, and it really helps to get future guests to come on the show, so we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.